The Koffler Gallery is proud to present the world premiere of a heart-wrenching and fascinating exhibition, The Synagogue at Babinyar, Turning the Nightmares of Evil into a Shared Dream of Good. Opening on the eve of Yom HaShoah, April 17th, and running until November, the multidisciplinary exhibition tells the bittersweet story of the Babinyar Synagogue, which stands on the grounds of the first large-scale massacre of the Holocaust in 1941. Experience the full historical, political, artistic, and spiritual context of this incredible monument for the first time. The exhibition is free of charge. To learn more, visit KofflerArts.org. Did you know that two-thirds of the world's polar bears live in the high Canadian north? But because global warming means less sea ice during the year for the bear's habitat, conservation groups consider polar bears a vulnerable species of concern. As the world marks Earth Day this weekend on April 22nd, a new graphic novel is out for children by two Jewish authors from B.C. It's called Steve and Eve Save the Planet, I Can Hear Your Heartbeep. And the heroes are a fictional Canadian polar bear named Steve and his friend Eve, who's an electric car, and the book's authors intentionally infuse the story with the values of tikkun olam, or repairing the planet. Although there are also enough gross-out jokes about herring burps and slime to keep 6- to 12-year-old kids entertained, despite the book's serious topic of climate change. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, April the 20th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Paul Shore is originally from Ottawa. He's a trained engineer. He lives in Whistler, B.C. And Deborah Katz-Enriquez teaches nursing and the environment in Vancouver, Both are award-winning authors in their own right, but it was only after they first met at the Jewish Book Festival in Vancouver that they decided to work together. Their goal was to turn out a book for kids that gives them hope that they can make a difference, all while turning the 200-plus pages of illustrations that showcase the gorgeous colors of Arctic nature, especially the Northern Lights, where the fictional heroes get their superpowers. The authors join me now from B.C. Thank you so much for having us. Happy to be with you. It's great to meet you. Congratulations on your new book. I found it interesting in your in your story, in your book. We, we need to tell the 30-second elevator blurb about what the, the story is about. Well, I'll get you to that in a second. But spreading loving kindness as a way to fight climate change. To me, I'm a skeptic, and I'm like, well, how does that do anything? So first of all, tell us the, the, the synopsis, and then maybe you can answer the question. All right. The synopsis. Well, it's a it's an uplifting climate action story featuring two unlikely friends, a polar bear who wears a life ring full time, which you can guess why, because he, he needs to swim a bit more than he might like to. And a, and a very witty, spunky, scientific electric car. And the two of them charge off to help uh, save the planet as we say. Explain why he has to swim more, though, because that's not clear unless people know. Okay, so the ice is, the polar ice is melting, and uh, in order to find sources of food, he has to swim at greater distances. And so he's wearing this life ring, which he started wearing as a cub, and he's, he's just very, actually quite 
tight around his neck now that he's a grown or an almost grown uh, polar bear. And he uh, meets elect- Eve, the electric car, who herself was an outcast from all the gasoline uh, cars. And together they realize they have this shared mission of needing to uh, figure out how to repair the polar ice and reduce pollution and smog. And they want to travel the world figuring out how to do this. So they, they use kindness as uh, the action. So kindness isn't a nice word. It's not just like something we're throwing out there, but we really try in, in the story, tie it to action, very much like like the Jewish uh, um, value of chesed, the acts of loving kindness, that this is something that has to physically take shape in the world for it to be meaningful. Well, we are the Canadian Jewish News, so we you raised it, we got to talk about it. Of course, the, the, the whole concept of the Jewish sort of framing in this book and the Jewish tom, the Jewish tastes in this book. Yeah, for sure there's a embedded tikkun alum message in this book and, and our roots definitely make their way into the story and the feel. Um, yes, healing the planet, we, we almost went with those exact words, the, a more literal translation of tikkun alum, but we found that what resonated best with kids and, and even their parents was kind of a more uh, generic term like save the planet or fix the planet. So we tend to use those words, but it is a tikkun alum message, absolutely. I also like the fact that there's polar bears named Zelda or Harry, you got to talk to us about who the people are to you that mean things to you. Oh my goodness, you're going you're gonna to mist us up. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with, uh, yes, we worked in some names to honor different family members. Both uh, Deborah and I lost a parent during, during this project. Well, this project was underway and both my mother and her father had been big supporters of this project. So yeah, Zelda was my, was my mother, um, and I think we we named the character Zed, uh, not not a main character, but one of the supporting characters. Yeah, we we named one of the polar bear characters Hal after my father, who is Harold, and his nickname was Hal. And, and so we had uh, we had that interwoven there, and and some other things as well, some other Jewish names that weren't made more Jewish <laughs> names that weren't necessarily for a particular person, but we wanted to bring them in. And we had uh, some other references that um, adults reading the book will will get. Okay, so we're going to do a spoiler alert here. It's about when one of the characters drinks some berry juice and says something and I'm like, what? And only Jewish adults will get that. Do you want to tell them what it is? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it that you spotted that. You are now the first person to interview us who spotted that. Uh, so the, the character uh, basically does a toast and says, uh, to Payam, which is, of course, a play on Lachayim. Uh, and there's even more levels that that, that character is uh, modeled after a great uncle of mine who used to do this in Toronto. Um but yeah, so we do things like that in in our storytelling that not everyone's going to notice, but yes, a Jewish a Jewish audience will likely notice and be tickled by. But in terms of in, there's a lot of other themes in this book. There's bullying, there's diversity, there's uh, self esteem, there's hunger, there's loss and grief, and that's all in chapter one. <laughs> yeah, we you know we we wanted to we were very um pleasantly surprised with how the kids have been receiving it because for they everyone gets something different when they're reading when they're reading it but generally kids have been very excited that it's so rich because a lot of the other uh graphic novels in that genre 
have just a few words per page and they kind of finish it in, they're done, 45 minutes and they've gone through this whole book that you just bought them. But this has more depth, it does. There's more to it and they can digest it and go back to it and, uh, and the kids at different ages get something a little bit unique out of it depending on where they are developmentally. Right, of course, because you have to have the fart jokes in and the gross out jokes for that age, right? <laughs> you have to. Of course. <laughs> yeah, somebody said that we don't shy away from the hard stuff. And I think that's very true. And yet we embed it in a way that if you're young enough, you're not going to see the hard stuff. It's just funny stuff. As you get a little bit older, you might notice and want to discuss some of the hard stuff. And then if you're an adult, a parent reading along or a grandparent reading along, yeah, yeah, you'll see the hard stuff. And you'll be both, I think, amused by it. And also maybe it would allow you to enter into some discussions with, uh, with your kids or grandchildren while you're reading with them. Okay, back to the, la- the, the one of the earlier questions before we end off. And that is, you know, the message, like you said, um, you want people to do something, be able to figure out that they can actually do something. The book talks about being kind, but it's not it's nice to be kind, but it doesn't stop the pipeline from being built across northern BC and having protests by the indigenous people, right? It doesn't stop that. Sure, sure. I mean, there's lots of ways that you can, both parents and children can apply kindness to making it, making a difference. There's, let's talk about maybe some obvious ones related to choices we make at home. You know, if you, if you, if you start to move away from fossil fuel consumption, you move to electric cars. I mean, better you get out of a car completely, but if you need a car, you move to an electric car. If you start to convert your home to a heat pump or consider solar, these are things you can do in your in your everyday life. Then there are other ways you can uh, apply kindness. You could be in, become involved with lobbying local government um, with many forms of your own activism uh again we hope that those are those are things that people will come to on their on their own from from uh absorbing the messages about sharing kindness and pa- paying forward ki- acts of kindness for some people that may take the form of social action and, and protest and political action and for um for others looking at what they can do when they're making lunches for their kids and they're choosing how to package it and how to send them to what they're, you know, be it from what food they're giving them to what what containers they're using to, to put that food in. All of our choices matter and all of those things can be seen as an act of chesed for the planet. We're speaking at a kind of timely time for this topic. First of all, the United Nations just released the study about how we're all doomed and you better stop and notice and it hardly got any attention at all which is another story so you are aware of that right it's not it's uh, unfortunately as you said uh a lot of people have been tuning it out especially over the last couple of years as our our global attention was focused on the pandemic and now as we are shifting out of that i think the time is really ripe to focus the spotlight again on climate change well, I had a thought when you talked about, uh, I think you mentioned the word doom. Um, we've been really cognizant of the fact, but particularly I think since we have children who are in their early teens or younger, that they're really growing up surrounded by a lot of gloom and doom and not a lot of hope and opportunity. And so our message is one of, can we cultivate it, especially in these really young kids, can we cultivate a sense of hope and opportunity so they grow up wanting to be engaged instead of withdrawing from the climate 
change challenge. Let's speak to that specifically because U.S. President Joe Biden mentioned all the things in his speech to the House of Commons on green energy and electric batteries, a green future. Yes. Why couldn't we be at a tipping point where we're about to really get serious about doing these things? You know, when you see this much focus from the Biden administration, for example, or you see the money that's going into battery development and electric car development and the and the rapid uh, now finally rapid deployment of electri- electrifying transportation of all types. Yeah, why couldn't we be at a tipping point where there's opportunity instead of only crisis? And I think if there's one thing that COVID did teach us is that with uh, the technology, the resources, the the um, the willpower of the people coalesce together, we can actually accomplish amazing things in a very short period of time. So I think that now is the time to be optimistic and hopeful uh, about the potential. Tell me about the climate anxiety. It's not a new phrase. I've heard it for years, but in terms of how young people are dealing with climate anxiety, eco-anxiety. Yeah, so uh, it is something that unfortunately is is uh, at a rate that we've never seen before. The most recent studies of North American youth have shown that they're experiencing climate anxiety uh, on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis, where children are actively experiencing distress because of what's happening around us. And the two things that we know uh, that are really effective for addressing that are hope and action. And so as Paul was saying before, we're optimistic that steps like this book and um, other opportunities like that instill in children hope and give them reasons to think that their actions can make a difference. There's potentially a ton of opportunity for children to become involved and take action both in their in their own families and what they do with their parents and grandparents and also where they take their own education and their own careers and how they may be a part of the solutions in the next 20 and 30 years as they become young adults and active members of uh, the workforce. Keeping with the author's environmental beliefs, the book is available in hard copy in some places, but printed on demand to lower the pollution footprint. They also encourage people to buy it as an ebook instead. And for Earth Day this weekend, the ebook version of Stephen Eve Save the Planet is free to download on Amazon from Friday, April 20th to Monday, April the 24th. But the CJN Daily is also giving away three hard copies of the book, courtesy of the authors. So the first three listeners to email me will win the prize. I'm at ebesner at thecjn.ca. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Jessica Wax in Toronto. And we'll end the show with a note about next week's programming. We'll be bringing you in-depth stories about Israel's 75th birthday. The CJN Daily is produced by Zachary Judah Kaufman. Our executive producer is Michael Freeman. Our theme music is by Dov Beck-Levine. And we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.